Hello. Of course, you're listening to the Holtcast. I'm James. That's Danny. This is an Aston Villa podcast, a Premier League podcast. And this is probably the most exciting one we've had because, Danny, the Premier League's back. It's around the corner. Two days until Liverpool play Norwich. And then a day further until Aston Villa take on Tottenham at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Are you excited at all? Oh, I'm very, very excited. Um, obviously, great, <sighs> great to be on again, mate. Um, but like, yeah. What do you keep saying? Wait, wait, wait. What do you keep saying? It's great to be on again when you are the co-host. Just because it's great to be on again, man. I'm, I, I'm fair great enough. to be on the Hawkcast, mate. Every every single every single week feels like feels like, mate. Honestly, you bringing me onto the onto the Hawkcast, you know, from this from the very start has made me so so happy, and it makes me look forward to the weekend. Like no matter, Aww. no matter. Um, you know, whether we were in the championship or I think even coming coming up to the Premier League now, man, it's going to be something totally different. It's so exciting. I mean, football's great anyway. All the football we've had all summer, you know, the Women's World Cup, the Cup of Nations, the friendlies, the, even the early Europa League and Champions League matches where it's just complete banter when a, a big team gets knocked out or some, you know, a team you never expected them to even face in the first place and knocked out about 365 days until the uh, qualif- until the you know the final so it's it's all all this madness but now Aston Villa's Premier League football the return is here it's round the corner we have got a lot to get through I'm overly excited so I wanted to speak about format before we get in right of course this is the whole cast this is the only Aston Villa podcast we're putting out there might be another and there might be even one more after that um it won't be involving me and Danny it's uh, different ideas um We've had a lot of interest about stuff, so maybe something else will be on the feed soon, and we'll speak to about that when it becomes a bit more legit. The format of the podcast is we'll be previewing, reviewing Aston Villa matches, talking about news, um, you know, just sharing sharing the jokes as me and Danny like to do. Um, each match, when we review it, we'll have the match balls, Danny. Of course, yeah. we'll have the match balls where you and me decide a man of the match. Only two this time. We're not doing a third one because it was a bit confusing. Me and you choose one guy each. And that's it. We had a one for between us last time, so we had a third guy. That's not the case because we'll be doing a player of the month where we both come together to choose a player of the month, and that will be the third guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is uh, this this makes sense to me. I think the third, a third uh, player of the of the game that we kept on doing sort of like last season was so so difficult to choose half the time. Because um. Well, the way the format worked when I looked back on it, I'd never voted for Tammy Abraham at <laughs> all because we chose him together so it made me look like i'd never said tammy abraham was great right or deserved man of the match so you know it was a bit out so we can choose the same guy if we want we can you know we can just do that should be your decision my decision that's it for the match yeah, was. so that is our post-match stuff um pre- previews will be predictions you've won twice in a row now haven't two you? seasons in a row you actually have two seasons in a row two seasons in a row um but this is the main one this is the important one we'll be doing our predictions again it's easy I predict the match, you predict the match, but the it's only the scoreline that matters. You have to get the scoreline bang on. That's it. No win, lose, draw. That doesn't matter. Scoreline has to be bang on. Okay, yeah, that's good. I like that. That's how it's always been. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a little explainer because we're going to have a lot of new Aston Villa fans following us because, of course, Villa are a Premier League club. Me and Danny used to be based down the road. Danny's moved up to Manchester. It's a Birmingham-based podcast in in essence now. We've taken over. We've dragged it back from America. It is a Birmingham-based podcast. So, you know, we are going to have a lot of international Villa fans listen to this. We need to be as approachable and open as we can 
about things going on in the club, about the, what the players are. We need to treat this like a, a you know a clean slate. That's what we've been doing on site. If you go on seventy five hundred to Holt, you can find the player previews we've been doing, which is a like a, a taster on the the Villa players that matter. But anyway, Danny, let's get into the podcast. First thing we need to talk about is the last preseason game, and because preseason doesn't matter that much, we are just we aren't going to go too deep. I want to talk about a few things that happened when Villa faced RB Leipzig. Of course, this is Russian ball sport Leipzig. It's nothing to do with Red Bull at all, as we know. We're not allowed to say it's Red Bull Leipzig because it's not Red Bull Leipzig. But Villa hammered them three one. Did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I caught the highlights. Obviously, um, can't remember where I was on the day when the game when the game was happening. But I've I've, I've watched it back and I've definitely made a lot of uh, well, I've got a lot of opinions on some of the new players which have been which have been brought in. Um, or I'd say when I say opinions, I mean got you know we've we've been able to catch a good glimpse of uh, of the sort of talent that we've brought in now. First person I want to talk about. Is Tom Heaton. He came straight into the side after signing for about £8 million from Burnley. Mm-hmm. Um, he came straight in a few days later to play against Leipzig. And man, he looked really good in goal. Not that Jed Steer or anyone else has looked that bad. But Tom Heaton, reflex saves, boss in the box. Everything, like a breath of fresh air, really, as a goalkeeper for I us. I think it's good to you know, have somebody who is solid and experienced in the Premier League heading into the season because as good as Jed Steer was last season and as uh, internationally experienced as Lovra Kalinic is, I don't think there's I, I don't think there's any doubt that, that the owners want Villa to be challenging, you know, at, at, at somewhere near the top of the table, if not this season, in the coming years. And I think part of that is is having a solid keeper who knows what he's doing. And I think Tom Eaton's shown that uh, so far in the game against Leipzig. Uh, I, I also don't think he's going to have too many problems sort of settling in. Uh, he's, he's, he's been in the Premier League for, for so long now. Um, I can't believe he's already sort of in, sort of in his early 30s. He's, he was one of those that sort of popped up, didn't he, from, from, from a big youth academy and um, went on loan so many times, didn't he, for, for a while heavily underrated goalkeeper and that's probably because his name's Tom Heaton he's English he's played a lot of championship football well definitely not Premier League football and for you know throughout his career um, and now that he's at a Premier League level it's just been Burnley he's playing for and that's no disrespect of course to Burnley he's never been noticed yeah it's a solid defence he's he's excelled there no one's took notice of how good he is because he's at Burnley well, I mean, he's, he's he's gotten three England caps in the process. Uh, he's 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 impressed someone. Uh, he's he's uh, like, whilst he's been at Burnley, you know, Sean Dyche, obviously, it's needless to say, he's done a great job there. But he has been key to that uh, key to that defense going well. You need a keeper who's got good leadership, and that's what Heaton's demonstrated there. And also at a time where there's been so many top quality goalkeepers at Burnley, he's he's shined, um, which is crazy when you look at. When you look at the type of goalkeepers he's had to compete with, I mean, yeah, Joe Hart, Nick Pope. Say what you like about Joe Hart; they're they're decent goalkeepers, and to to fight past them to regain your spot, which Tom Heaton did last season when he was benched and he came back and saved Burnley, in essence, from relegation. Be a reason, yeah. That's that is big. That's massive. Tom Heaton's shown that. Write him off all you want. Write him off all you want. He bounces back. And Villa need characters like that. And Tom Heaton in goal. Would you really want? There's not many people you'd want more. No, there, there isn't. I think 
I think we needed to get a top quality goalkeeper in. And Villa looked at Jack Butland. Uh, Butland, obviously, for, for whatever reason, um, that didn't happen. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy with, with Tom Heaton being being the goalkeeper um, that we've signed. And I think that defence that defense is starting to look very, very solid now. So before we speak about two players we're familiar with in this Leipzig match, because we're only really going to glance over it a bit, uh, with it being the last preseason game and not of that much importance to what comes next, I wanted to know the the new players you've made notes on. Um, did anyone catch your eye? Uh, I quite liked the fact that Target was trying to get on with his crosses again. He did deliver a, a strong mm-hmm. ball into Jonathan Codger, which uh, obviously didn't amount to anything in the end. But it was good to see him sort of um, pushing forward and and, and and doing bits like that. I, I'd really like to see him sort of regain the sort of form he had whilst he was in the championship with Fulham. Uh, I think also it was good to see um, Cotter doing what he's done so far throughout the whole of preseason. Uh, again, being able to pick the ball up from deep, run forward with it, look like a danger. Um, but I think one one of the things which has been which has been really really interesting, um, James, is that is, is is some of the players that that haven't um, people haven't gotten so excited about because they've already been at the club. Um, I mean, namely Conor Hurahan, who ran that game, uh, which, which is crazy. Uh, but Engels as well in defence. I thought Engels was good. Um, maybe he could have done better with that goal uh, that, that Leipzig scored. But other than that, I thought he looked pretty solid. I think he cleared one off the line, didn't he, at one point? Well, I wanted to speak to you about Conor Hurahan. Well, it's Conor Hurahan, as we found out. It's pronounced how, H-O-W. He has said that himself, and I'm ashamed that... Uh, we haven't picked up on that at all. We've been saying, everyone's been saying his name, the chant's wrong. Everyone's been saying his name wrong. Wow. It's how, yeah, wow, it rhymes with, it rhymes with that, Danny. It's kind of Harahan. And of course, it's very hard to get that name right. Every time I'm going to speak <laughs> speak about him, I'm, I'm going to say his name wrong. It's kind of Harahan. And Harahan's two goals from free kicks, of course, his trademark, yep. really signaled to me that that defensive midfield starter the question there's questions still there oh, of course there is right douglas louise has just officially signed right now for aston villa the work permit's done bit of news for you marvelous and the camber of course has joined the work permit all done yep. there's more competition there than ever before and it's a, a decent level oh, good. for harahan to compete with and he, you know there's always been question marks about his performances and whether he puts in enough effort blah 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 but now he's got actual players who aren't aging, who are, you know, heading into, you know, they're really talented. Nakamba's in his, you know, heading towards his prime at rapid pace. Douglas Louise is highly rated as a young player. He's got competition here. And those two goals signal to me that that competition isn't a done, done and dusty question just because two players have come in. The last time that Villa had such a strong midfield in the Premier League, it was sort of Barry and Milner. But then your backups were Nigel Ryokoka, who Martin O'Neill was playing at right back at the time. Uh, and also um, Steve Sidwell, who never really worked out. I think now what we've got for the first time in a very long time is a midfield, as you say, which is going to be full of competition. Full of competition. Uh, and I, I couldn't predict to you what midfield Villa are going to be eventually um, settling with. I mean, halfway through the season. I think that's 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 going to be the interesting thing. 
I mean, Nakamba looks full of potential. I know Zimbabwe didn't do very well in the African Cup of Nations, but from what I saw of him, he, he looked he, he looked like a strong player. Uh, and then Douglas Louise, who's <laughs> undoubtedly incredibly talented to have been noticed by Manchester City and, and, and to have been given um, you know, leadership roles around the Brazilian youth setup. Mate, it's 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 looking good. Yeah, well, Harahan's got a game on to get into that squad, but it looks like at least for the first few matches, he will have that third midfield role. I don't really want to call it a defensive midfielder because Harahan's not really a defensive midfielder, is he? There's not a lot. The deep line playmaker. Yeah, he, he's, he's getting involved in the forward thinking. It's not so much sitting back and just doing defensive yeah. stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that goes against him sometimes, that label. Um, another player to speak about, Tyron Mings, um, not so much a defending, but the positions he was able mm-hmm. to get into on these free kicks, uh, set pieces, came very close to scoring twice. Yeah, I think he's going to be a danger from free kicks, honestly. I think he's going to be a danger. I think statistics would have you believe that Bjorn Engels will be the danger. But we we did see Tyron Mings score a couple of times for Villa last season. Uh, of course, he's, he's, he's very tall, he's very agile, uh, and his positioning's good. I, I like, I, I, again, always seems to give 100%. And I think that's that's half the job done, isn't it? When you're um, when you're trying to get into positions from, from set pieces, it's attacking the ball. It's about going for it. Uh, and Mings always seems to do that. Uh, and you're right. I think he's going to he's gonna be a strong threat from set pieces. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to be looking for a lot of goals from set pieces as well um, in the coming season. That is if we are heading into the season with uh, the, the strike options that we've got. The final thing I guess to speak about before I gather your general thoughts on the result, is that Leipzig were quite aggressive. Do you not think in that match, the tackles they were throwing in, the tactical fouls, uh, Amar Al-Ghazi looked to be hacked down quite nastily at some point. He did the old scream next to the mic and he got up and walked off, but he did look to be in some some pain, to be fair to him. Uh, what do you think about that? Was it needed in the preseason game? Um, my thought personally is, yeah, not, they're not going out to injure anyone. They were aggressive. No. But it is it is a true test. You can't be limping around in the Premier League. You need a you need a proper test like that. You need to be hit. Maybe yeah, that, that teaches yeah, you a few lessons. They need to be ready. The Premier League starts this weekend, and so does the Bundesliga. So I I don't think Leipzig or Villa had any interest of holding back, really. Um, so that's why it was good to see us get the result in the end. To be honest, because uh, we we I think Villa were, were facing a, a very very tough team, a, a good Leipzig team who, who put in some effort. So I think. It's interesting that it's guys like Conor Hurahan and Henry Lansbury who have shined so much in preseason. But uh, it's it's a pleasure to see as well. Well, with that in mind, that's a complete wrap up on preseason now. Villa performed well. We got to see some new heroes. We got to see some new faces and some familiar ones as well. But we're heading into you the most. Yeah, we're heading into the 1920 Premier League season, and that means a quick season preview is in order. I know we're we're short for time now, Danny. No, it's all right. I wanted to go through a few questions that have been asked to the 7500 to halt staff, the writers themselves, in as part of our preseason preview material. Well, our, our season preview material. Um, yeah. So, Danny, the first question as a season preview is. Villa's first target right is survival. But beyond that, what do you think we should be targeting? This season in terms of position. Mm-hmm. In terms of position, that Villa team needs to go out there and um, I think they need to try and emulate what Wolves did. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think that's beyond belief because the amount of money that has been spent 
is not that of a newly promoted club looking to stay up. So really, Villa need to target um, sort of getting top half. I think I think that really is it. By the by, the looks of it, and by the um, by the amount they spent, the sort of intent that it signals, uh, I think it looks to me like that's going to be the target. They need to continue playing in a way where they're targeting three points every single game, uh, as they did during the championship. Uh, and I think I think Dean Smith's a very very ambitious manager. Uh, I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting to see if that's something that Villa are going to be able to do. Maybe not. I think I think something like a mid-table finish, maybe lower lower half mid-table, is probably more likely. But that certainly has to be the aim. And what do you think? You you want to go and hit these big clubs and give them a bloody nose and prove to the world what Aston Villa is all about after being. Uh, you know, we were in the championship three seasons. A lot of people forgot about us. People don't watch championship football worldwide. They concentrate on the Premier League. If you're not a fan of a club, you are... Aston Villa are completely out of your mind, basically. If you're following top-level yeah. football, Aston Villa are completely out of your mind. They're gone. They don't exist. It's just the Premier League and those uh, European competitions, La Liga, the top leagues. That's all they concentrate out on. Aston Villa are back. Let's go out there, show everyone that we won't be taken lightly. If we're going to go down, let's do it in style. Let's play some football. Let's not go down like we did last season. Well, not last season, last time we were in the Premier League. Let's go down with some fight, at least a little bit of fight. I'm convinced we won't. I'm happily convinced that we won't go down. Info goal, their prediction. So this is a betting site that uses kind of expected goals data to make predictions. Yeah, yeah okay, interesting. They're, they're quite wrong sometimes. I don't know what their model's using, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're off. They give Villa a 45% chance of relegation. And that is based on championship data against Premier League data, whether that translates or correlates correctly. It's completely up in the air. The context may be out of whack. But anyway, they're, they're, they want people to say, they're advising people, bet on a Villa relegation. It's almost a uh, sure, as sure of fingers they come. 45% still means that there's a 55% chance of not staying up though, right? I mean, fifty-five percent chance of getting. It's not like the others who may have a smaller slice. Villa, I think Villa's the biggest. You know, the biggest slice of relegation that they're given apart from Brighton. So I, I think part of that is the whole doing a Fulham myth or um, belief, isn't it? It just kind of spends so much. And look, the thing is, there's massive question marks over some of the players that that Villa have signed. Massive question marks, man. We don't we don't know if Wesley's gonna bang in twenty goals. We don't know if he's if he's quite there yet. I mean, looking at preseason, there's a huge question mark over it. Um, I don't. I don't think it's very easy to predict. I. I, th- I don't think Villa. I don't think most of Villa's goals are going to come from a from a from a sole striker. It's. I don't think it really did last season either. So, um, it's it, it's tough. I don't think you can predict relegation yet. I think there's other teams in the league who probably have weaker squads. I just think that. Villa, with the amount of money that Villa have spent, they they cannot, they absolutely cannot be fighting a relegation battle. They shouldn't be anyway. Well, to put that uh, info goal prediction in some context, Gareth Cooper, who has helped out the website and the podcast with some analytic analytics in the past to help us, uh, you know, provide context to help us analyze his own expected goals model, which takes in a lot more context, has given Villa a twenty one percent chance of relegation. It's still it's wow. a decent junk. It's half the yeah, info yeah. goal total, though. So I'll take that. If it's 21%, I'm taking that. And I'm running off. <laughs> I'm gone. Um, that means, uh, you know, if you're given that chance, 8% chance of staying up, I think you gamble there. 
I th- I just think the stats are just stats though. I mean, the stats stats are very important, and I think you can I think you can use them to back up a lot of things. But don't you think the Villa are probably one of the teams with the hugest question mark over them? I th- I th- I think you look at I think you look at so many other clubs in the Premier League, and you can make sort of a reasoned prediction over what could you know where they could potentially be at the end of the season. But with Villa, I half of these players, most I think your casual Premier League uh, viewer may not have heard of them mm-hmm. after players that Villa have signed. That's true enough, and uh, I mean, as part as far as the stats go, it's just an interesting thing to to say because you you say we're finishing top half, and I you know we should aim for top half. Sorry, I feel the same mm. way. It's just there's there's others who you think Villa will finish fifteenth, Villa will finish seventeenth. Then there's a forty five percent chance predicted of relegation. <laughs> it's all up in the air. So what you're saying there that there is a big question mark is completely true. Nobody really knows. Mm. I think twelfth. I think twelfth is a massive achievement for Aston Villa. I think that's realistically where they could end up. I get asked why I think that. I think hope. Hope is why I think that. I want Villa to finish there. That's where I want Villa yeah, to yeah. finish. And I believe from what we've bought, the the ethos of Dean Smith's coaching team, the message given forward from Aston Villa's higher-ups, the CEO, there's belief. There's belief that relegation relegation's not even a question. Yeah, we might be bottom until at Christmas. It's not the end of the world. It's not even the end of the season. We can make, we can do it. They're not preparing a team for the championship. No, not at all. That's not what's happening here. You know, these are these are ambitious players who, uh, a lot of them have huge, huge uh, potential and um, ambitions. And I, I honestly, I can see this team, you know, being hungry enough for the challenge. So, if you're going to ask me right now, what should Villa's aim be? It would be to emulate Wolves, emulate that season. The next question, then, Danny, who will Villa's key player be this season? And I don't want to hear Jack Grealish. Well, why can't I say Jack Grealish? Because Jack Grealish is the obvious <laughs> answer. Okay, okay, okay. Um, if Jack Grealish is the most important player, who's the second? Done again, isn't it? <laughs> they they practically I... play the same position. Okay, right. Okay, listen. Okay, so. Let's 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 rule out the midfield a bit. I think I think obviously there's there's so many different players you could look at. I mean, there's an argument to be made that Wesley's going to be the number one striker potentially, so he's got to be the one who's going to be scoring the goals to keep Villa up. Certainly, Benteke and Bent have been the key players for Villa in the past in the Premier League. But I think you've got to look at Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings was the big defensive signing. He's the guy that Villa have signed to hold everything together. He was when you look at the second half of the season, Tyrone Mings was the poster boy. As much as Jack Grealish did, did bits for Villa, you know, and so did John McGinn. Tyrone Mings was the poster boy of that, of that, of that charge, because you know that that was what solided Villa up. They didn't have a very, uh, they didn't have a very strong defense beforehand, and and Mings stepped in and was that leader. And I think Mings, as 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 a huge leader in the team, and and as probably the first choice centre back, he's going to be the key guy. I I agree. Villa's defence, they need to raise the bar from last season. Last season probably wasn't good enough in defensive terms. There was wobbles, plenty of them, um, especially before Mings came in. And even during that kind of bad period over February when Mings was settling in, the defence wasn't good enough at times. And I think Premier League, as Dean Smith says, attack, attack, attack. There has to be a lot of focus on this defence and how resilient they are to the better attacks in world football. I think the key player, though, it's going to be one of the wingers because Wesley 
he's the type of striker, much like Keenan Davis, he will be dropping deep to collect and prop up other other players. And these players are going to be John McGinn, Jack Grealish bursting forward, of course, those two eights that we've got rushing up and down the pitch, rushing all over the pitch, really. The wingers are going to be, I feel, our main threats, our main attackers. And there's two that are going to be starting. One of them's Al Ghazi, one of them's Hotter. And right now, I'm more impressed by Hotter. So I'm going to put my neck on the line. Hotter is probably going to end up the season as one of our most important players. Inside forwards. There's your key word, man. Inside forwards. I get I get memories of Barcelona in 2011-2012 where you've got your false nine striker and you've got the two wingers who are who are coming in and and and, and charging. I I would not be surprised if the wingers end up with more goals than the strikers for Villa at the end of the season. Um and I think you put in a good prediction for for, for Carter there. He certainly looked like the most exciting uh, winger, I'd say, for for Villa uh, during the whole of the preseason. And I think especially him being a player who's just come from Birmingham City, if he achieves that by the end of the season, he's going to get instant legend status. (laughs) Of course he is. But that that brings us straight on to the next question, which is probably one of the most interesting ones. Who will Villa's leading goal scorer be this season? And Danny, I'm going to lead with this. I'm going to give you the very bold prediction here. Okay, now, there's VAR coming in. There's going to be a lot more penalties. So, our Alex Carson, he yep. said Wesley gets it because Wesley's probably going to be taking the penalties. There's going to be a lot more bang penalties get you get you goals. Penalties help boost that tally. I'm going to go with a bold prediction, and I think it's going to be John McGinn. Oh, John McGinn. He's he's been scoring um he's been scoring loads of goals in the preseason, hasn't he? Been linking up with the striker well. I don't know though. I I don't know if I don't know if I can agree with that a hundred percent. Just because he is going to be in midfield, he's going to struggle, isn't he? Surely to bang in goals every single game in in the Premier League. Surely you know teams are gonna are gonna know that. Well, surely he's going to be more of a battle in, in that midfield. I mean, fair enough, he was doing it in, in the Championship and scoring goals, you know, plenty. But what's he going to do when he comes up against midfields with with the likes of Decore in them? Just do what John McGinn does, just run around, elbow him. But that's <laughs> the, that's the truth, isn't it? He, like, he John McGinn's not going to change. He's going to be getting into really high areas and being completely audacious and get, grabbing these goals because that's what John McGinn does. No, he's a, he's a physical player. He's not a dirty player. He's a, he's a physical player, isn't he? And he and he's 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 gonna. I don't think he's going to struggle in that aspect of it at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. I, I, I almost feel like John McGinn's going to have to do a lot more work in terms of uh, cleaning up and uh, being a bit more box to box. But uh, if if the defensive midfielder, whoever it is, manages to do their bit, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if John McGinn ends up with with the highest with the highest goal tally. Who knows? My prediction is based really on the fact that I I presume that there won't be a single player grabbing 15 or 20. There'll be a lot of 7-8s, 5s, and maybe a 10. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Was it? Was there not one season where like Andy Wyman was the top goal scorer for us? I don't even want to think back to that period. It seems like a completely different Villa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I think I think we're going to have a lot of games where, Wesley, where like Codger is maybe preferred to Wesley. Um, Hotter might well score a lot of goals, but... If it is McGinn at the end of the season, then fair enough. I think I'm going to go with... I will go with Wesley on Alex Carson's recommendation that there might be a lot of penalties. 
who will Villa's breakout player be this season? So this isn't going to be the player of the season. Breakout. This is the Ooh. player that's kind of come in from the, the sidelines or a new signing that goes bang on Mr. Villa now. Like John McGinn, exactly like John McGinn last season. So he really steals the yeah. shot. Yeah, you're right. Um, is it cheating to say Gilbert? No, it's not. That's fine. That's the, that's the, the type of answer. I, I don't think people have been paying any attention to him. I don't think he's been getting a lot of attention being paid to him for what he's done and for the way he's been performing. Uh, Al Mohamed is brilliant right back. And if we started the season with him as our first choice right back, fine. I have not got a problem with that whatsoever. But Gilbert, whenever he's played so far, he's looked the full package at right back. And any the, the, the sort of moves he's been creating in terms of coming forward and supporting the winger. I think him and Hotter seem to link up very, very well. I think by the end of the season, you're going to be looking at, uh, you're going to be looking at a guy who Villa fans really, really respect. Like Alan Hutton, but perhaps more solid and more consistent. Like Alan Hutton, just good at football. That's Freddie Gilbert. It's more consistent. I want to go through a few answers from the writers um, without spoiling kind of the roundtable articles. So Rob Jones said, okay, on a league scale, so the breakout player of the Premier League, he reckons Tyrone Mings because he's quite underrated outside Aston Villa. There was a lot of discussion of his fee being, you know, he's completely, it was an overpayment. Why Villa done that? Yeah. Tyrone Mings has got a lot to prove in this league, so it could very well end up being him. Poor Phil, Phil Vogel, of course, who's uh, practically produces this podcast at times, jumps on um, whenever I need him. He agreed with my shout, which I'll reveal. I don't want to say his player because it's the same one you picked, it was Gilbert. But I, yeah, I okay. want to focus on the f- past few years. He has predicted that James Bree will be this breakout player twice in a row. <laughs> oh, it's it's a shame it hasn't happened. Maybe this could be the year. Maybe we go two right backs down and James Bree does <laughs> break out. But uh, it's a it, well, he's still young. It's a lofty prediction to make. And uh, yeah, Gilbert got a lot of got a lot of ratings in that. So you're spot on. I think Bjorn Engels could be it. and. Yeah. prediction here here's another big shout he will end the season as Villa's best defender you think better than Mings potentially yeah okay. I think he's got the youth he's got the skill set if he can start grabbing the go- start grabbing goals and really really stepping up to Mings's level there's every chance he overtakes him wow okay well I, I would love it if we get another couple of centre-backs with Melberg and Laos and status. A bold prediction, actually. So if, a really another bold prediction. What yeah. if Ezri Konza gets to that level as well? What if there's an injury Could and he be? steps in and he looks the business? Gets a minute. <laughs> this is just so much optimism there's here, lot, James. There? There's a lot. This isn't going to happen. We're going to tank. We're going to finish 20. But no, there's, there's a lot of question marks and you don't usually have that. And these are good question marks. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Right, this better. is just what complete what ifs discuss. Yeah. Which is it's, it's lovely. It is. It's, it's, there's a lot of excitement. I just, I just hope that it ends up being very positive. Sort of five games down the line, when we're still talking about Villa. That's that's all I hope for. Um, but yeah, okay. Eng- Engels is an interesting shout. I think he's I think he's got all the all the right tricks in the book. You say like, as you say, you know, he's he's been he's been solid in defence. He looked quite good against Leipzig. Um, maybe wasn't perfect. But he also has that factor of being able to score goals. He is a goal-scoring defender at times. And uh, that is one of those things which leads to cult status at uh, at Villa. Final question then. Um, We've kind of really covered where you think Villa will finish-ish. Okay. 
So uh, the, what I wanted to know from you, what is the most <laughs> compelling storyline at Villa Park this season? The most compelling storyline? Yeah. Jack Grealish push, pushing for the England team. That is a big, I think that's yeah. going to be... That's, it, that's gonna it? be that's gonna be one, isn't it? Yeah, like just watching, watching to see if Birmingham's homeboy. When I say Birmingham, I mean the city of Birmingham, right? City, the city of Birmingham's homeboy, Jack Grealish. If he can make his way into the England team after a string of form, I think that would be a huge storyline for Villa, and I, I think would certainly make us all very proud. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you're bang on there. I think Jack Grealish's season is the biggest story of all at Aston Villa for the most part. Um, I mean, the one projected onto us is this doing a Fulham rubbish, um, which people have made <laughs> up. It's just re- recency bias. I mean, I understand it. Fulham spent big last season. They go down. But I, I don't understand the world in which spending money correlates to relegation because surely if you spend money in the good way, you spend a lot of money, you're buying good players and thus have a good team. And I mean, Fulham are probably the outlier there. It's because clubs in the past have spent money and not spent it on the right players necessarily, um, or the ones who are correct for the system. Yeah, but they fi- they end up finishing like twelfth, not like twentieth. Yeah, yeah. Look, we I think I think we've discussed this Fulham thing so many times that, that the, the thing is essentially Fulham signed a lot of players very late on, and perhaps had to overpay for for players because they, you know, it was coming to the end of the transfer window um and yeah perhaps those players didn't quite suit their manager as well as the ones that Villa have signed they are very much sort of Dean Smith players so uh I think it's very different if if Villa Tank can have a bad season um after this then uh I'm not sure what the cause will be but certainly I don't think it's it's overspending well I guess that is a small season preview wrapped up we need to get into the business of the what we do every podcast, what we do every podcast when there's like a league match, it's a predictions, it's a preview. Yeah. We've got a first Premier League preview. Aston Villa head into this season for one game only as the lowest ranked team in the league after coming up in that third promotion slot. We're bottom. We, we are bottom. We, we have got nothing else except this match. We can maybe prove a few people wrong as we head in as the bottom team, as the lowest ranked team, as the lowest rated team. We head to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the new one. Christine and Shawnee to play Tottenham Hotspur, mm. of course. Big game to open the season. It's a late kickoff, 5.30 in the UK on Saturday. What are your thoughts here? 5.30 in the UK on Saturday. I cannot wait for this to be back. This was my prime disappointment slot last time Villa were in the Premier League. <laughs> and it didn't matter. It meant I got to enjoy the 12.30 kickoff. I got to enjoy the 3 o'clock kickoffs. And then Villa would lose at 5.30, and it's fine. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen again. I'm hoping that Villa now are in a better state and are going to be more enjoyable to watch. Against Tottenham Hotspur, look, Tottenham are a strong team. They're looking to strengthen hard in the transfer window. And I know by the time a lot of people will have listened to this, the transfer window may well be closed. But uh, they, they, they've, they've been... They're, they're signaling intent. This Tottenham side, they want to win the league. I, I think I think that's going to be their target, most likely. It's, you know, they these are the Champions League finalists. They want to be considered alongside Liverpool and Manchester City, not uh, as the third-ranked team. So when Villa go into this game, it's a very very tough match. It is. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a nice fixture. It's not a nice sort of like 
you know, chirpy fixture for Villa to start off in the Premier League. This is going to be rough. So for Villa to win, they're going to have to put in 100%. And I think Tottenham, to be fair, have had a stronger preseason. They've they've played, they've been playing top, top teams all throughout it. I think that's going to make things, uh, I think it's going to make things hard for Villa. James, I don't know about you. Yeah, I think they've had a tougher preseason. They might be a bit more warmed up. They've obviously got the better side. I mean, pound for pound, you can probably say Tottenham take it. There's probably maybe we use bias for to fit McGinn and Grealish into a combined eleven. Um, can't really see but that. No doubt. Maybe in this match because they're lacking Son. Son is, of course, um, the Korean inside forward is suspended after getting sent off in the last game of the previous yeah. season, so he I misses remember. out. And for me, that's a big win. Because I will make another bold take here, and I will say Son mm-hmm. is their best player. Yeah, he was, he was certainly very influential good. last season. He's yeah. very good cutting in. You can't really defend that well against him. He's kind of slight, I guess, but he still scores goals. He's still a danger. A He's got so many supporting players around him that will bring him in. And one of them is bloody Harry Kane. You know, I mean, there's a joke that he doesn't really fire off in August, the fantasy Premier League joke. Yeah, you don't want to be facing Harry Kane. He's he's got to be up there. He's, he's, <laughs> he's one of the world's best strikers, and you see, you know, he's going against our defense. The worry there is he's Harry Bloody Kane. Listen, Minx, Minx, they paid the big bucks for you. Got to show up. Got to show up. You've got to you've got to show that you can do it in the Premier League. Um, I wonder if it's going to be Engels or Konza that starts and starts alongside him. It's going to be an interesting one to see. I think it's going to be Engels, but that defence, the big story here then is it's Harry Kane going up against these centre-backs and who wins because, my God, Mings kind of has to justify that price tag to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Not us, but he's got. A, this is this is a job he's paid to do. He stop people like Harry Kane, so he's got to step up and do it. And I think I think Villa will need two goals. I think they'll, they'll need two goals in this game um, at, at the least, and I think that's why it's, it's key that Villa play that attacking style of football as as they did last season. So um, I'm thinking what I really want to see is Jack Grealish score against Tottenham. The narrative. Um, oh, oh, the yeah. narrative. Yeah. 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 Didn't think about that one. We've got a big chance here to do what you've just said. It's a weakened Tottenham team. They're missing Son because of suspension. Yep. Deli Ali's injured. Juan Foyf is injured. Ben Davis is injured. Cameron Carter Vickers yep, correct. probably won't play anyway, but he's injured. Um, on who scored? You got Eric Dyer, Serge Aurier, uh, Wanyama, doubtful. Still got a strong midfield. Of course, a superstar in Dombele. Newly starting in the midfield. Lucas Moura, Harry Kane. Probably Eric Lamella. So there's still there's still danger there, even though these big players are missing out. This is Tottenham Hotspur, one of the best teams in the Premier League. They got Hugo Lloris in goal. One of the best teams in Europe. <laughs> yeah, one of the best teams in the world. You can say that. That is Tottenham Hotspur yep. now. The path they've went on since you know since our paths diverged, Villa and Tottenham. Tottenham have went from strength to strength to strength, and uh, it'll be a big test. But what I will say, Danny, first game of the season. Best time to play Tottenham Hotspur. It may as well be a free hit because they're not going to be no side in this Premier League is going to be up to speed. So if you're going to take a shot at a big club like Tottenham, big big club, successful club, maybe not in trophies, but they have got the the players, they've got the playing style, they've got the fan base. They are ready to take the next step now. If you want to take a free hit, to Saturday's the day. And look, you know what? You know what? Maybe even Dybala is going to be playing for them. I'm not saying anything. There's just been a lot of speculation. There's been links. There's been journalists who have linked him. Um, if that's the case, obviously it makes it makes things ten times out of a villa. But 
you're right. I think Villa Villa need to just have a go. Forget, um, forget. You know, trying to sit back all of a sudden. That's not how they played last season. Go out there, try and score two or three goals. Play like they did against. They play like they did against Leipzig. I think I think Villa can get a result. Uh, is this the time where I can say a scoreline? Yeah, Danny. To finish off the podcast, I want to take your prediction. I'm going two all. I'm saying two all draw. Classic Villa versus Tottenham. I think that rivalry is going to be reignited. I think, uh, as I think again, Villa versus Tottenham always was a top top fixture. I'm going two all. I'm going to go for our memories of playing in a new London stadium, like the Emirates. I've got fond memories. It only happened once, really, because it was it just was the Emirates, really. Um, one one against Arsenal. Malberg scored. I'm going to go for one better, and I'm going to say it's going to be a one nil. 1-0 victory for Aston Villa. 1-0 victory, holding off the goals from Tottenham Hotspur, James. Yeah, I think that, I, I don't think it'll be a case of holding off. I think we'll be very lucky. Um, but it will be a deserved win. We'll nick it and we can go home happy because Villa might end up needing these three points. Danny, the Premier League starting. Can't, I, you know, I'm glad to have you by my side, but we must go now. You can follow me at Gemma Rushton. Follow him at Rise of Giorno. We're back into the Premier League. It's the whole cast. We'll see you after the Tottenham Hotspur game. Goodbye.